listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Monday the 2nd of May. This is Recap brought to you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Here's the disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Vanessa. Kia ora, Jose. Uh, good to see you. It's been so long. Two days, <laughs> yeah, just two days. Yeah, well, at least two days. Uh, quickly, quickly, a recap of the of the weekend. How, what did you get up to? It was pretty quiet, pretty quiet. Oh, um, we so did good. we did go to friends for dinner, so that was nice. Lovely. I had a very quiet one as well. Just visited my parents, state some food. Oh, good, good on you. Yeah, I'm I'm a good son. I think I am anyway. <laughs> okay, lots to talk about this week. So Berkshire Hathaway released its quarterly results over the weekend uh, to coincide with its annual shareholders meeting, which incidentally was its first since 2019. Now that must be one pretty well attended AGM, right? For sure, at Paxata Stadium, which uh, should provide a pretty good indication of numbers, which are basically in the tens of thousands. Woodstock for capitalists, it's been called. Oh my goodness, it's, it's either New Age uh, churches or Warren Buffett can draw those crowds. Uh, well, Warren Buffett is totally a rock star, of course. So how's Berkshire Hathaway doing these days? Well, it's certainly not immune to the challenging economic environment. First quarter net earnings of 5.5 billion US dollars were 53% lower than the same time last year. But this has a lot to do with the drop in the paper value of its investments, which have taken a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty big hit from intense market volatility over the last couple of months. Buffett's pretty open, though, that he, you know, he doesn't think that there's any value in focusing on short-term market performance, which he says can be misleading to investors. And don't forget, too, that Berkshire Hathaway owns more than 90 businesses outright. So uh, according to Buffett, Berkshire's operating earnings are a better measure of the company's performance because they exclude those investment gains and losses. So in other words, operating earnings mean the profits from all the businesses that Berkshire actually owns and runs, right? Yeah, that's right, yep. And while operating earnings stayed pretty steady compared to the same time last year at just over seven billion US dollars, this was a bit higher than analysts were expecting. Right. And what about Berkshire Hathaway's famous pile of cash? Yeah, good question. I think we mentioned it on recap a few weeks ago, right? Um, Berkshire Hathaway had struggled to find anything to buy at an attractive price for for quite a while there. So these recent market sell-offs have actually worked in its favour because now it can go bargain hunting. At the beginning of the year, Berkshire had a cash stockpile of 147 billion US dollars, and that's now down to 106 billion. Well, you'd still need a pretty big mattress to put that under, though. I know it's a lot of money, right? But Berkshire's clearly finding more opportunities to put it to work now. It only took three weeks to offload forty billion US dollars in March. Okay, do we know what they spent that on? Uh, most of it. There was there was that sizable investment in HP Inc. and a fourteen percent stake in Occidental Petroleum. Berkshire also boosted its stake in oil giant Chevron and bought an insurance conglomerate for eleven point six billion US dollars. Uh, Buffett also mentioned buying three German stocks, but he didn't say exactly which ones. Oh, very coy from Warren there. Uh, anything else interesting come up at the AGM? 
Anyway, plenty. Uh, both Buffett and his partner, Charlie Munger, spent hours on stage answering shareholders' questions. They doubled down on their criticism of cryptocurrencies, and Buffett said high inflation was no surprise given the money the government let loose during the pandemic. Uh, interestingly, Buffett told investors that the best thing they could do in an environment of runaway inflation was invest in themselves. So someone will always want to pay them for their services, regardless of how much a dollar is worth. And what about succession planning? It must be on people's minds, right? Yeah, well, Warren Buffett's 91 and Charlie Munger is 98. So you'd think it would be a bit of a talking point. Um but actually, after last year's announcement that Vice Chairman Greg Abel would eventually replace Buffett as CEO, most investors seem pretty comfortable that it's all in hand. I mean, I can't say it much better than Warren Buffett says it himself, of course. He said, Berkshire is built to forever. There is no finish point. The new management and the management after them and after them are just custodians of a culture that's embedded. Can't, 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 can't argue with that. Thank you very much, Vanessa. Uh, here's some interesting news from Qantas. Australia's largest airline has confirmed what's been called a landmark order for a dozen Airbus jets capable of non-stop flights from Sydney to London and New York. Wow, Qantas has been talking about getting these non-stop flights going for years, right? Yeah, uh, Project Sunrise, as they've called it, is five years in the making. It was delayed by covid Qantas CEO Alan Joyce has called the flights the holy grail for the carrier. Current flights require a stop in Dubai, Singapore, LA, but the new aircraft will make it possible for roughly 20-hour flights, meaning the east coast of Australia will only be one flight away from any major city. 20 hours is just still such a long time though, right? Um, Why is is Qantas making this investment? Uh, they believe that people will pay more to, to avoid stopovers and save time. To that end, the Airbus A350 has over 40% of its layout designed as premium seating. There will also be a wellness zone where you can relax as the thought of being stuck in a tin can seated next to a chronic snorer slowly drives you mad. And the aircraft are also 25% more efficient and will be able to carry 238 passengers. I think the premium seating is definitely a good idea. When are these planes due to start flying? Uh, the first plane is due to be delivered in 2025, with flights starting up not long after that. Uh, the airline also released its third quarter results. Qantas said they expect to report a significant full-year loss, even with boosted revenue from increased domestic demand and the stirring of international markets. The company said its projected online earnings for the second half of the year should see it reduce net debt to under $4.5 billion by the end of April. Thanks, Jose. Anything happening in Aotearoa today? Yeah, yeah, there certainly was. Uh, Fortescue and First Gas announced they had entered into a memorandum of understanding to investigate developing green hydrogen projects. I have so many questions about this. Fortescue sounds familiar. I'm, I'm sure you've talked about them before. Yeah, we have. Fortescue is the world's fourth largest iron ore producer. It produces a range of metals, pulling in billions of revenue each year. But in 2020, it moved into the energy space by launching Fortescue Future Industries, which is a wing of the company created to generate clean energy. First Gas is a natural gas transmission and distribution company in New Zealand. actually used to be owned by the government. It used to be called the Natural Gas Company, if you remember that, before they privatised it in the 1990s. It runs and maintains around 7,000 kilometres of pipelines around the country. 
I have to ask, what exactly is green hydrogen? Yeah, good question. So hydrogen is seen as an alternative to natural gas or methane. Uh, you need to, to make it, you need a lot of water and a lot of electricity. The green hydrogen is a type you make when you use electricity produced by renewables like wind, solar or hydro. The creation of it is effectively emissionless. And of course, it's very important if you're trying to create a zero carbon future. That's what First Gas is moving to. It said last year it was going to gradually replace natural gas with hydrogen by 2050 to meet emission targets. Okay, so what does it mean that Fortescue is now involved? Well, the First Gas CEOP, uh, Paul Goodeve, excuse me, says it'll speed up development. Fortescue and First Gas will do feasibility studies to work out if any projects could work here and if they can use any existing assets. It's not the first New Zealand collaboration Fortescue has entered. It has a possible partnership signed up at the former Marsden Oil Refinery as well as a potential hydrogen project with Meridian and Contact Energy. And just to finish, note that today Trust Power is changing its name to Manawa Energy Limited as the sale of its energy retail business to Mercury Energy has been completed. And that means it's the end of the show. That was a recap for the 2nd of May. Thank you very much for listening. We'd love you to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz and you can also leave a voice message. There's a link in the episode description. We will see you tomorrow. Bye.